Hello and welcome to episode number 458 of Holy Crap It's Sports, the post-July 4th edition. It's July 5th, a Tuesday, 2022, and it's a cloudy day as everybody recuperates from having three days off. Uh, there's no camera show today. I was under the impression we would do one, but obviously the other two guys involved uh, thought we were not coming back until Wednesday, so we'll be back on Wednesday for the camera show. But as always, I try and do three shows a week. Anyway... <laughs> Ellie Kravitz Sports is here for you. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? All kinds of good stuff. Let's start off with uh, follow me on Twitter, damn it. Uh, Pete Davis won. I know Twitter tries to keep us down, but let's try and uh, overcome that. Uh, if you want to write me a letter, Pete Davis won at yahoo.com. If you have any questions about anything, if you want to get a t-shirt, Holy Crab and Sports t-shirt, go to farmhouseprintingco.com. That's the place to go. They have laser engraving, and they will laser engrave anything you want, including yourself if you get down there in Sonoya, Georgia, farmhouseprintingco.com. And let's see, patreon.com. If you think this is worth uh Supporting, I appreciate it. A cheeseburger a month is all we ask. Uh, Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and look up Holy Crap at Sports. It's very simple. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now let's get on with the show, shall we? Because we've been off a few days. It's July 5th, as I said. Headlines. The Braves get the patriotic homestand off to a great start, and they honor one of their own. Horrible tragedy for a Blue Jays coach, but great news for a UGA coach. Gamecocks steal a recruit from Georgia. Latest rumors on how the SEC will respond to the Southern Cal and UCLA joining the Big Ten and how the Big Ten's responding and the Big 12, too. What may have killed a former Georgia Tech star. Nathan's hot dog eating contest becomes WrestleMania. Now Brittany Griner loves America and its freedoms and her father's service in Vietnam, which she didn't before, but now she does. I wonder why. An ESPN star from the past has passed away, and why you should bring your glove to the ball game. Pete's tweets, this day in sports history, we got birthdays you share with famous athletes and ne'er-do-wells and all kinds of good stuff, so sit back, pop open that last beer you got left over, and let's just have a good time. Braves jump out to a 6-0 lead, then survive the usual ninth-inning meltdown by Will Smith to double up the Cardinals 6-3 in Truist Park on Monday night. A long rain delay <laughs> seemed to help St. Louis more than the Braves. Kyle Wright was pitching well. Then the monsoon hit, so he only got four innings in, so he doesn't pick up the win. Dansby Swanson, a bases-clearing double in the second inning, but then the Bravos' bats went silent the rest of the way. Manager Brian Snicker said he didn't want to bring Tyler Matzik into the game in the ninth in such a pressure situation as a three-run lead and what would have been his first outing back from the injured list. But there's no way they can keep putting Smith out there in the ninth, especially if they only have a one-run lead. Will Smith needed almost 40 pitches and loaded the bases and on a 3-2 count got Albert Pujols to weakly hit the ball back to the mound for the last out. It's amazing to me that a major league pitcher, a veteran, a World Series winner, cannot throw strikes. Same two teams tonight. The lead for the Mets is still three and a half as they took care of the Reds. Eddie Rosario played his first game since having eye surgery early this season. He looked good out there in the field. So congratulations on him for rehabbing and coming back. Uh, some sad news, though. The Braves pay tribute to their longtime public address announcer, Casey Motter, a ceremony before the team's first home game since his death last week. A video tribute to Motter, a moment of silence, was observed in memory. He was just 53, died last Wednesday. He'd been the PA announcer for the Braves since 2007 and worked through the team's previous homestand, which ended June 26th. He was known for his introductory, hello, baseball fans, delivered in his booming voice before each game. 
Sam Franco, who's worked as a PA announcer for Georgia Athletic Events, handled duties for Monday night and will continue to serve as the PA announcer through the 10-game homestand, at least. Beginning tonight, the Braves will use some of Mater's recorded greetings to fans and other announcements at home games the remainder of the season. Mater grew up in Cobb County, which is where Truist Park is. A funeral will be held tomorrow, Wednesday, in his hometown of Smyrna. The cause of his death has not been made public. Braves are number six in the power rankings, though behind the Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, Mets, and Padres. How did that happen? Some really sad news coming out of Toronto as a 17-year-old daughter of Blue Jays first base coach Mark Budzinski died in a boating accident in Virginia over the weekend. Julia Budzinski was one of two girls who fell off a tube that was being pulled behind a boat on the James River in Richmond on Saturday. As the boat operator returned to get the girls out of the water, it hit a wave and it caused the boat to be pushed on top of Budzinski and it struck her with the propeller. The boat driver and the operator of another passing boat jumped into the water to try and rescue her, but she was pronounced dead at the hospital. No foul play is suspected, and alcohol was not a factor. It was a very happy, fun last day on earth for her, her mother Monica said. She was happy, laughing, having a good time, and that's the way I'm going to remember her. Mark Budzinski left the Blue Jays in the third inning of the second game of a doubleheader against Tampa on Saturday after learning of the death. And the Jays later uh, issued a statement saying he would take some time away from the team to grieve with his family. They had a moment of silence for Julia Budzinski on Sunday before the series finale. And that's just, uh, to lose a daughter and lose, lose it in that sense, we're just out having a good time on a holiday weekend. Through no fault of anybody, it seems, it was just bad luck. And a freak accident. And that's, I don't know if that's worse to take or if it was... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not having any kids, I, I don't know how any death of a child has got to, it's just got to be horrendous for the parent. College football news. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State are meeting with the Big 12 today. Hmm. Hmm. The football power index of ESPN is out. Yes, that's already out. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, SEC team's rank, is outside of the top 100. Sorry. Uh, number one is Alabama. Number three is Georgia. Number 10, LSU. 11th is Auburn. Auburn. 12th is Texas A&M. 17th is Ole Miss. 18th is Kentucky. 24th, Mississippi State. 25, Tennessee. 26, Arkansas. I think that's low. Uh, I mean, they should be higher, I think. And I mean higher in a good sense. Uh, 29th is Florida. And number 45 are the rising Gamecocks. Number 56, Missouri. And I think uh, Eli's doing a pretty good job there, Drinkwitz. I think he'll be better than that. And, of course, 108th is Vandy. Meanwhile, Demarius Thomas had the degenerative brain disease known as chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE, which is linked to repeated blows to the head. This comes from doctors at Boston University who had been studying his brain. They said this today. Uh, Thomas was found dead in his Roswell, Georgia home on December 9th just a little bit before his 34th birthday. At the time, his family believed seizures, which he had battled since the 2019 car crash, might have led to his death. So the coroner's office in Fulton County, Georgia, has not yet ruled on the cause of death. Neuropathologist Dr. Ann McKee, who is part of the BU research team, said Thomas most likely died after having a seizure, which is a condition not generally associated with CTE. So it may have been something that happened beforehand, like the car crash that caused his death. And uh, sad news there. A lot of sad news today. I'm sorry about this. It's, hopefully, it's going to get happier as we go on here. 
Uh, Adam Spencer of Saturday Down South has a story about, uh, here. okay, here's a good story. Scott Cochran left Bama to join Kirby Smart's Georgia staff as a special teams coordinator after the 2019 season. But during the campaign last year, Cochran took time away from the Bulldogs to work on his mental health. And he came back before the end of the season and looks again to be a full-time member for the staff this year. On Independence Day yesterday, Scott Cochran went on Instagram and revealed that he was celebrating one year of sobriety. So good for him. And can continue good luck with him, too, on that. Andrew Olson of Saturday Down South says that Dontavious DJ Braswell has named his top four teams earlier this week, but on Saturday he committed to a school that wasn't on the list. Uh, Braswell is going to South Carolina, he said on Twitter. He had named Alabama, uh, Boston College, Nebraska, and Oregon in his final four on Wednesday. Talk about a dis- disparate uh, group there. you got one in the Deep South, one in the Upper New England, one in the Midwest, and one on the Pacific Coast. I guess he just was throwing people off. Braswell is out of Washington County, Georgia. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. He's rated four stars, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, the number 15 running back, and number 24 Pete State recruit, and number 267 prospect overall nationally in the class of 23. Let's go to uh, some funny stuff yesterday. It went on yesterday. The Frankfurter munching phenom Joey Jaws Chestnut gobbled his way to a 15th win Monday at the Nathan's famous 4th of July hot dog eating contest known as Nifjik. Uh, he powered down 63 hot dogs and buns at the, as they describe it, annual exhibition of excess. This is a good writer here at ESPN. I should have got his name. In a decisive chow-down comeback, women's record holder Miki Sudo, who, by the way, I know she's married, but she's hot, downed 40 wieners and buns to win the women's title after she skipped last year's Frank Fest because she was pregnant. Sounds like she had a little Frank Fest of her own. But here's the weird stuff. I'm going to take a sip here. They had an, an intervention. Not one, but two masked marauders, or at least guys with signs, jumped up on the stage to try and uh, make a mockery of the hot dog eating contest. And one of them jumped up next to Joey Chestnut. And Joey Chestnut put down his hot dogs, turned, and put the guy in a chokehold until George Shea, the guy who jumps around in that Panama hat or whatever, straw hat, the MC came up and grabbed the guy, and the bodyguards grabbed the guy and wrestled him off. But Joey Chestnut said he was thrown off his rhythm, but he literally immediately puts down the hot dogs and turns and grabs the guy in a chokehold straight out of MMA. It was fantastic. Here's the weird part, though. I recorded the hot dog eating contest. It was a little over an hour. So a little later in the afternoon, I came back on, and I already knew Joey had won because it was all over social media, damn it. But I clicked on, because I watch it every year, watched the entire thing, and they did not show live the incident. I don't know how they got away from that. And they should not have gotten away from that. I, I know this is supposed to be a lark and a fun thing, but if something weird in reality happens, ESPN not showing that is a violation of broadcasting. In my sense, what if someone had got up there and stabbed somebody? Were they just going to ignore that and go on with the the, the eating contest and act like it didn't happen? It just it just boggled the mind. Maybe I fell asleep during that part and I just missed it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. Another protester jumped up in a stormtrooper mask and he held up a sign that said "Expose Smithfield's Death Star." 
Now, Smithfield is the meat manufacturer that makes the hot dogs for Nathan's. Chestnut went back to the task at hand, went back to eating after he put the guy in the chokehold. Uh, let's see. They came back to the Coney Island neighborhood after two years of the scandemic, thanks to the China virus, the Wuhan virus. Sportsbooks had Chestnut as the favorite, an over-under of 74 and a half hot dogs. He came up short, mainly because of the protester, and also he was coming. He was in pain because he had tendons, tendon problems in his foot he had broken. So he had that going on. Uh, by the way, FanDuel and DraftKings gave refunds on the over-under because of the protester jumping up there and interfering. Good for them. Uh, Nathan's donates 100,000 francs to the Food Bank of New York City. Now, I had some Nathan's hot dogs yesterday. The skinless ones are very good. And I'm still enjoying them right now as I burp. Uh, and there's some three funny lines stood out yesterday. They, they do a lot of biblical stuff when they're introducing these guys. And a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of stupid. But three things jumped out, what they were saying about it. One guy they described as, he's the biggest eater in Tennessee. That's like the biggest drinker in Louisiana. Uh, he has greater muscle mass than two football players and a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on Joey Chestnut eating hot dogs, it's like watching Ben Hogan swing a driver. It's like watching Mickelson play blackjack. <laughs> okay, I thought they were funny lines. Meanwhile, Brittany Griner is still in a Russian prison. How did she get there? Oh, I know, trying to smuggle drugs in and out of Russia? Ooh, there's a brainstorm. Uh, Brittany has made a direct appeal to President Joe Biden, the interim President Joe Biden, for her freedom and a letter passed on through a reps writing, I'm terrified I might be here forever. I realize you are dealing with so much, uh, the Alzheimer's and falling down, but please don't forget about me and the other detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. The letter was described as handwritten, also notes her father's military service. On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those men who fought for our freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam War veteran. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. Oh, really? Has it finally dawned on you? Isn't it amazing? We hear from the Jessica Chastains. If you don't know who she is, she's an actress. Uh, Katy Perry, you know who she is. We hear from the most, the most elite, ruling class, plump, overfed, uh, overworshipped, most well-to-do of our society do the biggest bitching about our society and our country. Jessica Chastain on the Independence Day said, Happy Independence Day for me and my reproductive rights, and she flipped off the country. Okay, you're mad at the Supreme Court decision? Fine, that's your, your right as an American. But flipping off the whole country? What did the rest of us do? I'm sorry. In fact, half the country agrees with you, and you flip them off too. What the fuck? It just kills me. Katy Perry running her mouth is something about a sparkler has more rights than she does as a woman. Really? Go to the Middle East and live there. Give that a shot. How about Saudi Arabia first or Abu Dhabi or one of those places? Check that out and step out of line there. Or how about this? How about going to Russia and replacing Brittany Griner? If you think we suck so bad, why don't you go to Russia? 
it's not Russia, is it not Russia? It's not Russia. Go there and replace because I think Brittany Griner's got a new. Now, probably when she gets back on American soil, she'll go back to being the America hater that Brittany Griner was. She did not want the national anthem played before their WNBA games. She didn't want to be out there for the national anthem. She did not want to respect that. She didn't want to respect the flag or anthem or country. She may think differently of it now. I kind of doubt it. I think she'll go back to being the same spoiled, petulant child she was, just like Jessica Chastain is. And when did we think I was reading an article in the New Yorker about the great lover Casanova, who was an actual person, an amazing person, right? Had a lot of bad things done in his life, but he also did a lot of amazing things. And there was a line in there about how his mother was an actress. And back in the 1700s, the, the acting profession was not well-respected. When did it become well-respected? You're basically, you've got one talent. You can... And it's not even memorizing lines anymore because most of the time they're being fed in their ear. Uh, Basically, you're reading words written by a more intelligent person, the writer, and you're able to do it, and this is a talent, in front of people or a camera. A lot of people can't do that, okay? It took me a long time to get over my fear of speaking in front of people. A lot of people never do. And it was because I went into radio, I had to. I don't know why if I had some kind of subconscious thing that I was going to get over that but because you have to do at some point you have to speak in front of people you can't just hide in a broadcast studio and Jessica Chastain and Katy Perry who sings in front of people they have talent to do that in front of people but that's it Katie can sing Jessica Chastain can only uh, write, read other people's words that are more intelligent as I said and spout them out in front of a camera or people that's the talent. When did that become such a respected thing that they think we give a flying, you know what, what their opinion is on anything else? They can have the opinion. They can say the opinion. But why do they think we care? I guess because a third of the country does. I don't know, this, this uh, death spiral of celebrity worship we've got going on here. But I just get the feeling that Brittany Griner may think a little differently until she gets back here, and then she's going to start doing her crap about that uh, anyway. But it's the most, I guess the people that have, have had the most to gain from our society. And we're going to talk about a, an athlete by the name of Liam Hendricks a little later in Pete's tweets about he's another one of these spoiled, petulant people that have become rich in America because of America and do nothing but dump on America. And the problem with Liam is he's a furry little foreigner and an ugly one to boot. And we're going to be all over him like white on rice in just a few minutes. Uh, some more sad news here, damn it. I'm going to take a sip before this one. Hank Goldberg. Hank Goldberg worked at ESPN as an NFL reporter and handicapping expert, not a very good one, uh, for two decades. Died Monday. He was 82. Died of chronic kidney disease. Known as Hammering Hank. Yeah, there's three of them now. Uh, was 500 or better in 15 of 17 NFL seasons predicting games on ESPN. I remember watching him predicting games and thinking, there's no way I'm betting with this guy because he was at best 500. At best 500 on a lot of the times. And it's like, if you're a handicapper, you should be better than that, don't you think? Hell, I was beating him in, in some years. Anyway, it was all over Countdown and ESPN Radio. He's always on Chris Berman. And frankly, he was doing betting stuff long before it was really cool to do betting stuff on ESPN. So I'll give him that. He was entertaining, too. He kept going around thinking he was the king of Miami. Larry King was the king of Miami. But anyway, he was a fixture down there. Uh, i tell you what, though. Jeremy Schapp did a very good homage to him in his report yesterday. I thought he did a very good job uh, showing that Hank Hank, uh, Goldberg 
was a pretty big wheel there at ESPN for uh, two decades. He began his uh, work as an assistant to handicapper Jimmy the Greek Snyder. And, uh, you know, prayers go out to him and his family that uh, Hank Goldberg is gone. Meanwhile, The Onion has a funny line about bringing a glove to the game. This is a big argument. There's an argument about whether grown men should wear a jersey. Grown men should wear a jersey with another grown man's name on the back of it. That's kind of weird, even though I did it once. I was in my 20s. I bought a Bruce Souter Braves jersey when I thought Bruce Souter still had it. And I was only 24. What did I know? Uh, But anyway, there's also an argument whether anyone should bring a glove. I think all kids should bring a glove to the game. And every time you watch a game, some idiot stands up with a glove and catches a ball, doesn't he? But anyway, The Onion has a funny little story. Earning looks of incredulity and pity from fans at his breathtaking stupidity, a dumbass kid bringing a mitt to a Major League Baseball game reportedly must think he's actually going to play. Yeah, they're definitely going to glance into the upper deck and sign this 60-pound kid to come man shortstop because he has a glove on. What an effing dunce, said Angels fan Colton Morse, one of hundreds of spectators who observed how incredibly ignorant this kid would have to be to seriously wear his own glove and hat to the game in the expectation that he would be a last-minute addition to the batting order. It's honestly stunning how moronic some people can be. There are two pro baseball teams here that each brought enough players, and yet this complete dipshit thinks he can just stroll in here with his mitt and automatically get asked to join the team? Honestly, I would be more surprised if I wasn't so appalled. What gives him the right to show up here with a glove so presumptuous as to think he deserves to be on that field alongside real professional ball players? How stupid can you be? At press time, those seated near the kid with the mitt were watching with mouths agape after an angel scout came to his seat and asked him to accompany him down to the dugout. (laughs) The joke being... <clears throat> that the angels are so bad they would ask him anyway. I said the joke. Okay. I thought it was funny. Uh, on this day, July 5th, in 1914. And by the way, I feel so bad because every year we don't do a show on July 4th, and those people born on July 4th or who did great things July 4th get screwed. And I thought for a second, I, and I had a migraine yesterday, man. Otherwise, I was going to get up and just do on this day yesterday and birthdays just to pay homage to the people who get screwed every year. Uh, and then I got a migraine. I said, no, I'm not doing anything. So I basically sat in here and drank uh, non-alcoholic beer, which is sad, sad. It was a sad fourth. You get up and you have all these big plans to go to a low country boil, even though I hate that stuff. Uh, but you've got friends and family, and it's going to be a fun time. And then uh, you just sit in the dark and watch tennis. It's, it's baseball. It's kind of sad. Uh, 1914, the Boston Braves were 26-40, and 40, 15 games back in the National League. They went on to win the World Series in a sweep against the Philadelphia A's. They're known as the Miracle Braves, the Boston Braves. So think how far the Braves were back at the beginning of June and how far they've come. Well, the Boston Braves were back even further at this late date. 1975 uh, Wimbledon men, Arthur Ashe, the first African-American to win. He beat his countryman, Jimmy Connor, 6-1, 6-1, 5-7, 6-4. By the way, Djokovic almost lost today. He was behind uh, two sets to love to some guy named Sinner. Yeah, S-I-N-N-E-R, Sinner. Don't you think you changed the name? Out of Italy, and the poor kid blew a uh, two-set lead. Djokovic came back to win. Uh, they're, they're in the semifinals now, I think, the, he's now made. Birthdays, <clears throat> 1923 on July 5th, John McKay, football coach at Southern Cal and the Buccaneers of the NFL, five-time Rose Bowl champion, born in Everettville, West Virginia. He died in 2001. 
1943, Kurt Bleffery, uh, 1965 AL Rookie of the Year, the Sporting News Rookie of the Year, too, born in Brooklyn. He was known as Clank, according to Jim Bouton in Ball Four, because he basically had an iron glove. Uh, things bounced off of it. 1950, Gary Matthews, uh, 73 NL Rookie of the Year, born in San Fernando, California, played for the Phillies and the Braves. 1951, known as Sarge, and he was the butt of many a practical joke by one Bob Euchre who talks about it all the time on the Brewers broadcast. 1950, there was one, one year, they took some bratwurst and they hit them deep in Gary Matthews' travel bag, and he didn't find them for like a week. <laughs> Probably had to throw the bag away. 1951, Rich Goose Gossage was born, Hall of Fame relief pitcher, nine-time All-Star, Colorado Springs, Colorado is where he's from. And on the same day, the great Johnny Rogers, College Football Hall of Fame receiver, won the Heisman Trophy in 72 for Nebraska, uh, the Great Cup Championship of Canada in 74 for the Montreal Alouettes, uh, born in Omaha. Gosh, him and Greg Pruitt of Oklahoma going up against each other in that game, which uh, the Cornhuskers won. What a game. 1956, James Lofton, wide receiver for the Bills, Packers, and Raiders, probably the best deep uh, route runner uh, at the time, born in Fort Ord, California. Uh, 1994, Shohei Otani was born, the Angels pitcher and uh, hitter, born in Oshu, Japan. Dead people, unfortunately. Uh, July 5th in 1965, we lost Porfirio Rubirosa. That's one of the great names of all time. Let me say that again. Porfirio Rubirosa, Dominican race car driver, diplomat, and international playboy. Oh, please put that on my gravestone. Race car driver, diplomat, and international playboy. Died when he crashed his Ferrari into a tree. He was just 56. The Ferrari was probably about six months old. Uh, I get the. I think that's probably what's on Tony Stark's epitaph, isn't it? Uh, let's see, July 5th, 1998, Sid Luckman died, NFL quarterback for the Bears. At the age of 81, still holds a lot of records for the Bears as quarterback. Uh, revolutionized the uh, position, by the way. In 2009, Lou Kriegmer, football player for the Lions and Hall of Famer, died at age 82. In 2020, we lost Bob Reed, College Football Hall of Fame coach at the NCAA Division III championships from 83, 84, 85, and 86. Coach of the year of those years, too, for the Augustana Vikings. I think that's somewhere in Minnesota. Dead at the age of 87. And one wedding of this note on July 5th, 2014, singer and well, singer Jessica Simpson married an NFL player by the name of Eric Johnson. I have no idea who that is. Does anybody remember him? Because I sure as heck don't. Anyway, I wonder. Uh, let me ask. Alexa, where are you? Alexa, who is Jessica? Hello. Yes. I'm right here. Uh, okay, thank you. She said hello. I'm right here. Alexa, who is Jessica Simpson married to? Jessica Simpson is married to Eric Johnson. <gasps> they have been married since 2014 and have three children. Wow. What are the odds of that? <laughs> anyway, let's see what we're going here. Let's go to Pete Sweets. Uh, Pac-10 Fight Clubs reports that Indiana, Northwestern, Purdue... And the Big Ten lower teams all have facilities that blow away the Pac-12 teams' facilities. That's according to Kirk Herbstreet. Here are the College Baseball Nation final rankings release. 
the final rankings for this year, college baseball. Number 25, Arizona. Number 24, UCLA. Then Vanderbilt, LSU, uh, Hurricanes, 21. And number 20, you got Maryland. Then uh, Florida, Oklahoma State. I believe that's Northwestern at 17. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Southern Mississippi at 16. North Carolina's at 15. Then you have Yukon, Eastern Carolina, Louisville, and Virginia Tech. Number 10, you have... Another OSU. Is that Ohio State? I don't, I don't know who the hell that is. Anyway, uh, number nine. Number nine is Tennessee. Then you got Stanford, Texas, Auburn. Number five is Notre Dame. Then Texas A&M, Arkansas, Oklahoma. And number one, hotty toddy gosh almighty, Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, David O'Brien covers the Braves, has an update on Kenley Jansen who's on the injured list for recurring atrial fibrillation in the clubhouse yesterday. He's been doing full workouts but cannot be on the field or in the dugout because he must avoid physical contact or potential accidents while on blood thinners and with increased risk of stroke. Said he'll be good to go July 12th and eligible to come off the 15-day IL. He had his heart shocked last week to restore the normal rate. As bad as mine has gotten at times over the last, gosh, 23 years, I say, I've been dealing with it. I only came close to having my heart sh- shocked once. I was a, I had to go to the hospital there in uh, Snellville, and uh, it, it had been bouncing around for three or four days, and they said if it bounces around for more than three hours, you should go to the emergency room. And like Kinley, I waited around for three or four days and finally said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's, you know, you're probably going to have a stroke. So I went in there. And they couldn't get it to stop. So they said, well, we're going to have to shock you. And they literally left the room to get the, the equipment to bring in. And I fell asleep. They left me alone in the room. And I, and I was sitting up, basically sitting up in a chair. And I fell asleep for five minutes. And they came back in. And I said, hold on a second. You may want to check it again. And I had gone back into what they call sinus rhythm, which is normal. And it had gone back into normal just because I fell asleep for five minutes. And that's the closest, hopefully knock on wood. had to knock a few times uh hopefully that's the closest i'll ever come and that was scary as hell and this guy's had it done more than once and he's playing professional sports gotta hand it to him man i don't know if he's drinking uh because i basically have had to cut out almost all alcohol because it's it makes it happen that's just what and it doesn't happen to everybody it just seems to be me and just a few other people that alcohol causes it to jump around um i wonder if he drinks a beer every now and then and that's what's causing it i don't know anyway what else we got here look if oh madison bumgarner who hails from north carolina he pitches for arizona now came out wrapped in a usa flag before making his start how cool is that damn cool there are some people who have benefited from this system in america who get it absolutely get it uh evan from heaven says Joey Chestnut should run for president after the way he handled that protester. <laughs> uh, let's see. Now, here's where uh, I'm going to try and be very professional here. I really am, because uh, this kept me up two hours last night. I was so pissed off. And I said, no, you're going to sleep on this, and you're going to have a cooler head in the morning. And I'm still mad, because everybody has the right to speak their mind, including non-Americans, okay? But if you're not an American, you got no right to do what this guy's done. His name is Liam Hendricks. He is an overrated closer for the most 
disappointing team of the season, the Chicago White Sox. This is a guy, if you watched the Field of Dreams game last year, blew the save like he does most games when there's pressure. The guy doesn't pitch well in the postseason. He doesn't pitch well on national TV. And he doesn't pitch well when a, when a lot of people he knows around the nation and the world are watching him. He folds like a cheap sh- chair of Stacey Abrams sitting on. But anyway, he likes to run his mouth. He's from Australia. He has come here to our fine country and is making millions playing a child's game. Now, he can't do this in Australia because they won't pay him to do it down there. They don't make a lot of money playing because they are on the level of 14-year-olds playing baseball down there. All right? So Liam Hendricks comes to America, and Americans let him in and give him a livelihood that will keep him and his family rich for generations. And how does he repay us? By running his fucking mouth about how we're running things here. He showed a photo the other day of him being interviewed in the locker room, and he had a T-shirt hung up behind him to make sure that everybody saw, criticizing the Supreme Court for the abortion rights decision. Okay, fine, you got the right to run your mouth, but you don't got the right to tell us what to do in our country, buddy, boy. And first of all, I hope when he comes to your town that you let him know this. Because this guy comes from Australia. Australia, I'm sure a lot of cool people. I've met some. Peter Moreland's from Australia. There's a lot of cool people from Australia. Liam Hendricks is not one of them. Okay. So after he did the uh, criticizing our Supreme Court, he put out a thing yesterday after there was a shooting at Highland Park, Chicago, which is a well-to-do affluent suburb of Chicago. It looks like at first they said he was a Trump supporter, which we knew was bullshit because Trump supporters don't shoot people on the 4th of July. It was Antifa is the way it looks. And if you look at these guys, his uncle said, we can see this coming. You didn't see it coming? He put out a YouTube video a few months ago saying exactly what he was going to do. FBI was really on top of that, weren't they? Nobody turned the guy in. But anyway, he's obviously mentally defective, got hold of a gun, went up on the roof and started shooting people, killed at least six people, at least six people. All right, they were just there to have a 4th of July good time. And this asshole got up there and decided to do this. Frankly, they should have taken him out right then and there. And it looks like he's complete Antifa, a left-wing Biden supporter. But they tried to blame it on the Trump supporter first, like they always do, without any proof whatsoever. We got proof that it looks like he was Antifa. But anyway, so after that happens, Liam Hendricks decides he's going to spout off about what's going on in America. And here is his quote. I had to take a driving test when I came over to America. I won't have to take a test if I want to get a gun. That's stupid. Whoever thought that was a great idea is an idiot, end quote. Well, speaking of idiots, Liam, just what test are you talking about? Is is there a test to prove that you're a crazed uh, teenager that's going to go up on a roof and kill people with a rifle you got from somebody else? Is there a test that will show that? To show me the test that, will, that would have weeded this asshole out. Maybe it kept him, a certain test will keep him from getting a gun uh, by walking into a store and buying one. But it wouldn't stop him from getting the gun, as they found out in Denmark the other day when someone opened fire and killed some people in Denmark. If someone wants to get a gun, the bad guy will get a gun. And you can outlaw them all you want. And that's what they did in Australia. The wussies down there allowed the government to take up all their guns, which is why when the government showed up during the scamdemic, 
and started loading people in vans and sending them off to concentration camps because they had the sniffles or there was a rumor they had the sniffles or they had seen someone who had the sniffles. They literally came by in a van, put them in the bus and took them to a camp in which some of them had to try and escape to get out of. You couldn't see your family. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't make a living. You had to go to the camp. What does that remind you of? That's what a government does when they don't fear the people. It should be the other way around. The government should be fearing us, not the people fearing the government. And that's what they have down there, the pussies of Australia who handed over all their guns. Okay? And then you have this guy. Now imagine this. Imagine you had a, had a talent of throwing a baseball, because this is this man's talent. All he is, he doesn't have a PhD in anything. He's not a political scientist. He, he doesn't really follow things all that closely because he's a moron. His one talent is throwing a ball, and he's been made a millionaire in America because of it. Imagine if you had that talent, but let's say you played soccer, which they hold to higher esteem in Australia, I guess, than baseball. And you moved to Australia, and you became a millionaire because of the goodwill of the Australian people welcoming you and allowing you with their culture to succeed there and then you decided oh, some things i don't like here and i'm going to start mouthing off about it i'm going to mouth off about your constitution if they even have one they don't have a bill of rights uh, we're the, about the only people who do so it's obviously the liam Hendricks of the world don't understand what constitutions and bill of rights are all about he doesn't know anything about the second amendment but anyway but imagine you went to Australia with one talent of throwing a ball or kicking a ball and decided you were going to school the Australians on how their government sucks. You were going to school the Australians on how whatever constitution they have needs to be changed. What do you think the Australians would do to you? What do you think they'd say to you? Who the, do you think you are, American? The, you, would be the, you would be the ugly American, the quintessential ugly American running your mouth in another country, telling them how great your country is and, and your country here sucks, and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. By the way, there's a lot of Australians on the, this feed yesterday on Twitter saying exactly that, that uh, we're a country on the precipice here, and you should listen to us because we live in better countries than the U.S., and we know what's going on, and this, we're only trying to help you have a better uh, country, mate. Oh, really? Well, let me help you out, Australia. By the way, Australia is the only country in the world that has lost not one but two wars to flightless birds. I'm not making it up. They're called the emu wars. E-M-U, the big flightless bird, like an ostrich, except nastier, a nastier disposition. They started, the Australian army started two wars against emus. Turns out emus can take a bullet, unlike the normal Australian soldier. And they lost to emus. They gave up. They lost a war to flightless birds. This is a country that allowed their government to load them up and take them off to camps. So let, let's try and improve your country first, Liam, before you start telling other people how to do it. Absolutely amazes me, the Liam Hendricks of the world. This bowling-headed, smug-faced, looks like a shovel hit him right in the mug, dingo-eating, shag-sheeper, <laughs> sheep-shagger. I told you, I was going to try to keep my cool here. Dingo-eating sheep shagger. Anyway. It's just unbelievable. So please, if he comes to your town, let Liam Hendricks give him like fun facts about Australia and just read them to him the entire time he's in the bullpen and see if you can get him to blow another save, which is what he is the best at. You know, he gives a lot of meaningless saves. But anyway. Anyway. Uh, some people who responded, who asked the foreigner's opinion, go back home. It is not like we need you here. 
And then this, uh, this guy did. His name is RPFC. You poor little American. Your feelings hurt? We're just trying to help you have a better country, mate. Your country is on the precipice. Might want to take some advice from friendly countries that are better than yours. We export pictures and policies. <laughs> Australia lecturing the world. This is the country that invited Novak Djokovic to come play their tennis tournament, showed up, arrested him for two weeks, and then kicked him out after inviting him to come there, all because they were afraid of the flu. The flu. The flu. And by the way, you think we sold out to China? And by the way, guess what? When China finally comes, gets around to coming for Australia, which they will, who do you think is on uh, the speed dial for the Australians to call, just like they did in, in 1942? Who did they call? They called us. It's like they all do. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Dingo eating sheep shagger. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, today in baseball history, July 5th, 1898, Lizzie Arlington became the first woman to play organized baseball. She pitched for Reading of the Eastern League. Good for them. 1946, responding to Red Barber's remarks about the Gentile Giants and their manager Mel Ott, Dodger skipper Leo DeRocher tells the team's announcer, nice guys finished last. I'm sorry, Gentile. I said Gentile. Excuse me, he meant genteel. <laughs> Master Mel's club finishes the season in the cellar, uh, 36 games behind the first place Cardinals, but his team beat the Dodgers that day at the Polo Grounds. Uh, July 5th, 1947, Larry Doby of the Indians became the first black man to appear in the American League. Uh, let's see, 23-year-old, plays 13 years, gets 1,515 hits. That's just three less than... Jackie Robinson. 1952, in their final season of Boston, the Braves play in front of the largest home crowd of the season. 13,000 fans show up to watch Brooklyn win. Uh, let's see. Uh, the con contest's most memorable moment occurred in the second. A small dog had to be escorted off the field by Dodger outfielders Carl Ferrillo and Duke Snyder. 2001, the Pirate skipper Lloyd McClendon is fined $1,000 for walking off the field with first base under his arm in a game. The assessment marked the first time a manager paid a penalty for actually stealing a bag. 2002, baseball legend Ted Williams, considered by many the greatest hitter in the game's history, died of cardiac arrest. He was 83. Mm -mm -mm. 344 lifetime hitter, Hall of Famer, uh, won the MVP award in Triple Crown twice, led the AL in batting six times, hit 406 in 1941, 19 years with the Red Sox, and how many he would have hit. I say he would have beaten Ruth's record if he had not missed the five years uh, playing for the U.S. Army uh, and the Air Force in the Second World War in Korea. 2004, July 5th, to honor local military personnel, the Twins give away a G.I. Joe action figure to the first 5,000 kids coming to the game. To appease protesting peace groups, though, uh, they say this promotion as glorifying war. The team asked Hasbro, the manufacturer, to remove the gun, which was standard, and his hand grenades. Pussies. Uh, 2007 at Dodger Stadium, Chipper Jones, two solo homers are the difference. The Braves beat the Dodgers 8-6. to six. He becomes, uh, well, he passes Dale Murphy for the Braves' team record of 372 records homers in Atlanta. 2014, the Brooklyn Cyclones, attracting a sellout crowd of 8,000 fans, uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary of the debut of Seinfeld, the sitcom on NBC. Players take batting practice in puffy pirate shirts. A low talker announces, 
batting number four is going to uh, magic loogie bobblehead of keith hernandez giveaway and renaming the foul poles the festivus poles thank you to saturday down south espn.com on the state.com and everybody else i've mentioned so far and let's see what else are we sorry i gotta keep saying that let's go to twitter see if we missed anything maybe liam Hendricks has told us how we can fix i don't know states rights and the uh, articles of confederation Maybe he's uh, got his vast Australian mind wrapped around that. You talk about one ugly mother blanker. He is one ugly mother blanker. Anyway. Back to it. That's funny, but I can't really describe it. So we'll just keep going. I'm not really seeing anything jumping out. So I'm going to go over to ESPN. See a headline here. Uh, da, 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 da. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, a golfer is speaking out. Where's a Jim? Billy Horschel of the PGA calls the uh, players on the LIV tour hypocrites. Uh, he's calling them hypocrites. And uh, what else is he calling them? Yeah, hypocrites. That's what he's saying there. Anyway, everybody have a great uh, recuperation day after the fourth holiday and uh Kimmer show will be back on wednesday and i couldn't talk the boys into doing one today sorry i tried but i couldn't do it and uh, of course you know every once in a while you need a day off so i don't don't blame them uh and uh i'll be back oh gosh so now my decision should i do one tomorrow and then another friday or should i go to holiday schedule and do one thursday and then saturday hmm I think it's, it'll all depend on whether I get another migraine. Because <laughs> suck, those suckers have been laying me low lately. Anyway, and thank you. One of our listeners actually sent me a natural remedy thing, which works. But I noticed it's got a, an ingredient in it. I'm going to have to run by my doctor. Because uh, according to uh, some doctors I've talked to, it's not good. It's not good for some of your innards. <laughs> kind of dissolves them. I don't know. So I'm going to run it by my doctor before, before I eat it again. But it seemed to work the first time, so I may just do it anyway. Anyway, uh, I may be back tomorrow, and it may be Thursday. We'll see. I'll let you know on uh, social media. Follow me on Twitter, Pete Davis one Or, you know, follow me on Facebook or even Instagram, even though I don't post things about the show on Instagram. Instagram's for the nice people. <laughs> Unlike you. No. <laughs> And uh, everybody, if you want a t-shirt, farmhouseprintingco.com. All your holy crap sports t-shirts, including Drink Up Shriners, which is what I'm telling you to do right now. Hair of the dog. Dingo eating sheep shagger. <laughs>